Untitled Beatles podcast. All right, what are we calling this, T? What's this episode? <laughs> I had thought my two favorite things, my favorite Beatles album of new material is a collection of Beatles oldies, and my favorite movie is Newsies. So I thought we'd call this episode a collection of Beatles Newsies. Newsies song, Casey. I, I, I thought I, I, I couldn't think of one, but there's one that goes, Santa Fe, are you there? Do you oh. swear you won't forget me? I know some of that. Santa Fe, are you there? Do you swear you won't forget me? Beautiful city. I love that city. Got to get up to Taos if you're in Santa Fe, too, and get the Christmas salsas on all your food, red and green. Ooh, Christmas salsas. Taos Vorman played uh, bass for a lot of Lennon and Harrison projects. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, this is the Untitled Beatles podcast. I'm Tony Mendoza. I also am Tony Mendoza. Hey, cloning, it's working, it's happening. Get your double helix on. <laughs> <laughs> double helix in the skies tonight, Steely Dan. <laughs> No, that's T.J. Shanoff, lest I, you oh, be fooled. that's right, T.J. Shanoff. <laughs> How come Steely Dan sang a song about Asia? <laughs> They're not from there. <laughs> Why'd they spell it with a J? <laughs> How come brown cow's not about my favorite soda combo? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I think it's black cow, Steely oh. Dan aficionado. <laughs> Whoops. Whatever, man. <laughs> What's that song about the peg leg? <laughs> Well, there's a lot of Beatle news, and I thought we would call our uh, this episode <laughs> a collection of Beatle nudies. All right, take it off. Sex sells, right? If you like what we're doing, like and subscribe us. Find us on the podcasts. Find us on the Spotify. And reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, we get some nice messages. Actually, thank you, Adam, who's on Australian time. He sent us a nice note recently about how I, th I think he was, he was in a shit mood. And our bullshit podcast <laughs> knocked the shit out of his mood. Well, Adam, <laughs> because you sent us that nice message, and this is a collection of Beatles nudies... Tony and I are going to send you our post-COVID reenactment of the Two Virgins cover. <laughs> Guess who's Yoko? <laughs> I know. I think you have to be Yoko, right? All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, they're both naked, so. <laughs> I'll pretend like I'm from Asia. Asia. I'll be home at last. Another Steely Dan reference. <laughs> I love them. You know, they're probably my third favorite band. If I had to list bands, Steely Dan clocks in at number three. It's so what, weird. Is what? Marshall Crenshaw 2? Who's 2? Uh, two's my fusion of Marshall Crenshaw and Marshall Tucker. I love, <laughs> I love the version of Someday, Someday, parentheses, Fire on the Mountain. Fire on the mountain, No, I am a number two is Ben Folds. I think oh, I'm. Of course, of course. I think if I had to make a list, it'd be Beatles, Ben Folds, Steely Dan, Stevie Wonder, Wilco. I think. There you go. Jeez. Okay. So then, so I'm like Beatles. Who? Then it gets tricky because it's like 
I was really into pavement and John Spencer in the nineties, but I also have a thing for like Elvis and Danzig, you know, so you either go bright and colorful or you go dark, you know? Um, but those, I just listed about six. So one of those, I'm probably leaving one out too, where I'm like, Oh, you just <laughs> dedicated two years of life to this band, but they don't get a mention. I, given how much we talked about this when we were working together on that Rush Limbaugh, the musical show. I could have sworn REO was going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> I, what did you say we were saying? You're like, yeah, Beatles are cool, but I'm a speed wagon cat. <laughs> yeah, I did say that. I kind of regret it. Now. In retrospect, I think I was just in a heavy REO phase. <laughs> no, I actually never went through an REO phase. But, you know, bad. Life bad is short. Bad. Life is short. Uh, you got to make selections. <laughs> I, I like a lot of bad music. I'm not an REO guy. <laughs> or REM. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, you know. I, they're all right with by me. I know they offended. And Michael Stipes said one thing once, and you won't forgive him. Well, the irony of him saying John Lennon never influenced him. Then when REM stopped selling records, he's covering Number Nine Dream on a compilation in 05. Like, stick to your story, pal, and stop whining. Everybody hurts, TJ. Sometimes, Tony. Sometimes everything is wrong. Well, geez, man, there is a lot of Beatle news. Uh, this, we're going to dedicate this episode to all the Beatle news. By the time this episode airs, the Let It Be special edition will have been released. So we haven't got a chance to hear that yet, but we'll tell you about the tracks, the leaked tracks, the teasers that uh, we have heard and opine on those. And Ringo's got a new EP and there's all sorts of things going on. So much going on that I forgot the most direct Steely Dan Asia reference, which is the song <laughs> I Got the News. I got the news. <laughs> <laughs> Steely Dan's Asia, so oh. it shows you where I'm at. All right, well, let's start over. Let's play three, two, one. <laughs> Untitled Beatles podcast. Do we have to or can it be just like starting over, Tony? <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> well, recently on Instagram, or as we like to say, Insta. <laughs> Um, the Beatles asked, if you were a Beatles song, which one would you be? A lot of people responding with, I'm the walrus, which is kind of funny, right? Something funny about that. A lot of people said, here comes the sun. They might, they think of themselves as the, a great new day. <laughs> they think highly of themselves. Others, let it be. These are very popular. And then of course, a couple jokers in their old brown shoe. That's a good one. Somebody said Carnival of Light. Nice. Nice. What if that one person's heard it? What if they weren't making a joke? What if that's the one? Was that Mark Lewison? Who, uh... <laughs> yeah, Mark Lewison said that. Yeah. <laughs> He's on Instagram. I follow him. Lots of pictures of dogs, but whatever. I harass him until he in, until uh, the Tune In Volume 2 comes out. Volume 2 slated for 2071 oh, yeah. and Volume 3 slated for after everybody's dead. Yeah, yeah, man. Everybody's <laughs> dead. Daddy whines. Everybody cries. Well, TJ, if you were a Beatles song, which one would you be? If I were a Beatles song, Tony, I'd either be Fly on the Wall or Sea Leaf Dick. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like How that. How about you? You know, I did think about this. Uh, I would say Old Brown Shoe, but someone already did that, and I've got to be original. So I, I actually do believe this. I really do think I am the song If You've Got Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're soft in the head. Rock on, anybody. You know, I don't think I was released till I was about 30. You know what I mean? <laughs> so... 
All right, if if, so, yeah. if, if we're going to go there, I'm a Fab Four on film, the original B-side to the Beatles movie medley that got scrapped for licensing reasons. Well, thanks very much, you know, and this is Paul McCartney signing yeah, off. And me, I enjoyed it. George Harrison. And me, keep swinging, Ringo Starr. And quickly replaced with, I'm so happy just to dance with you. <laughs> So if you had a twin, it would be, I'm so happy just to dance with you. Okay, I get it. Yeah, it all makes sense. (laughs) So Ringo put out another EP. This is the most prolific cat. He's even more prolific than Sir Paul, man. Uh, It's called Change the World. Came out September 17th. Four songs. It's only 13 minutes and 19 seconds. I gave it a spin this morning. Uh, Have you gotten a chance to listen to it yet? I have, and I know we probably share a similar sentiment as Ringo fans and apologists, Tony. (laughs) I was positive he was going to be covering the Eric Clapton babyface duet from the 1996 John Travolta movie, Premonition. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone knows that one. Casey, you don't even need to drop that. Everyone that's... Drop! Drop! If you hear it, you'll know it. It was like Clapton, because I, I, I really, even in Clapton's bad years, I was still a Clapton fan. It wasn't until he started doubting science where he got off the fucking bandwagon. But in the mid-90s, I was still buying Clapton stuff, and the R&B producer Babyface gave him a soul song called Change the World that was part of a John Travolta film. <laughs> if you, you'll hear it and go, oh yeah, that fucking song. <laughs> Yeah, this record, I tell you what, 30 seconds in, you hear him singing Peace and Love. <laughs> you do? You got to take a drink. every. In Chicago, you do a shot of my Lord every time Ringo says Peace and Love. <laughs> There's a language born out of peace and love in all of us. Yeah, I mean, it's another Ringo EP. I'm glad he's still making these, you know. I mean, there's going to come a day when this won't be happening. So I'm always happy for more Beatle music. Uh, yeah, there's the title track, Let's Change the World. Let's change the world. A kind of anthemic. I feel like a lot of his music is just for a very specific, very different demographic than me. I think it is for our demographic, Tony, because (laughs) Ringo now writes music for people who buy and listen to the record because they have to, and then don't (laughs) listen to it again. And this EP is fine, but the only people (laughs) who paid any attention to this are dyed in the wool Ringo Beatle fans. I mean, uh, there's... It's it's fine. Three of the songs are fine. Whoever let him cover Rock Around the Clock, like I mean, it it it's it's cool that he's honoring Happy Days. I maybe Ringo's a, Ringo's a big Fonz guy. Well, Henry Winkler it turns out that he's a good dude. So I mean, honestly, Rock Around the Clock is the most enjoyable part of this record for me. It was just kind of fun. Finally, the 
backup singer cocaine disco where did our love go has, has been replaced with another <laughs> another one of these no i mean they, there's uh, let's face it it is true the people buying this are like i said diehard beatles people i saw an interview did ringo maybe did with, with the great uh, stephen colbert i think it was with colbert uh, it might have been with jimmy kimmel less great but i don't i don't hate kimmel it's cool in comedy to hate jimmy kimmel i don't love jimmy really? kimmel but i don't i don't hate jimmy oh, kimmel. There's, yeah there's worse yeah i i, way, I don't i don't dislike worse. him at all and he was a big letterman dude so i don't know and he's on the good side of history which i respect as well but jimmy kimmel it might have been with him where ringo said his last ep zoom in the zoom we reviewed that yep check it we out review that it sold the most copies of its iterations on cassette <laughs> and that tells you who, now i ordered one because yeah i got the whole cassette collection so i bought one i did not listen to oh, it i streamed it well that was the one they sold i think that's <laughs> that was the fastest selling Ringo being like, well, the kids these days are back in the cassettes. I'm like, yes, but not yours. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, is irony back and are people in their 20s ironically buying Ringo Starr cassettes? We don't know. Maybe they are. They're bored. I think the lack of American optimism and lack of work has made this generation so bored that like I read something online about VHS tapes are back. Oh, yeah. Like the novelty of like, these all suck. Well, maybe they come around to the idea that being Gen X was a decent time, but I don't know, man. Comparatively, yeah. I mean, these kids don't know from St. Elsewhere, the last episode. Was it all a dream? (laughs) No spoilers. Sorry. Was that St. Elsewhere or was that Dallas or was it both? Dallas was the who shot Jr. And it was a dream. It was something that uh, right. Sue Ellen dreamed. I don't know. Somebody, one of the characters dreamed it. God, you named it. I mean, if you said name a character from Dallas, I could say Larry Hagman. <laughs> I did not watch Dallas. Friend Those of shows Keith were... Moon, Larry Hagman. They hung out. Did you know that? I, and Keith Moon, friend of Keith Oberman. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this Ringo changed the world. You can tell that most of the money, so all that money he made off of Zoom definitely went into the cover art for this <laughs> new it's, it's It's a hard look. <laughs> so it's Ringo behind a Photoshopped brick wall. I mean, it looks like something you would see like tacked at the coffee shop next to like, I lost my dog. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> like, he's got a friend who knows how to do Photoshop and... <laughs> It's almost the original title. I lost my dog. (laughs) No, but it's a fun listen. Give it a spin. Let's change the world just that way. He gets back into reggae. He mentions reggae in the the lyrics of the song. (laughs) Here's a challenge for you. In a future episode, we're going to be talking about mashups and the like. Mm. And you can sing Imagine to just that way. (laughs) And it makes too much sense. I did it in my head. I tried it. It works.
It's Ringo's only songwriting credit on the record, by the way. Oh, good for you. Where do you yeah, I couldn't find the songwriting credits on. I mean, I just streamed it, so. Yeah, and the first track was written by Steve Lukather from Toto, who's become one of Ringo's confidants and um, touring bandmates. Oh, yeah. And he's also the luthier, too. So he makes all the guitars that all those guys play. <laughs> Coming Undone. Yes, yes. That's the third track on Ringo's record. And uh, here's, a, here's just a, a lyric. You can search for a panic attack. You can search for a panic attack. Google someone you love. Google someone you love. Which I believe that makes Ringo the first Beatle to mention Google in a song. Yeah, well, it was earlier he, he was called Zoom In. Who knew Ringo would be the technological Beatle? <laughs> Turns out, yeah. Paul's the cute one. George is the quiet one. Ringo's the techie. After Magic Alex died. So that's all. He's just trying to. <laughs> I would totally trust Ringo over Magic Alex. If, mm. if I needed help with like hooking up like a USB cable, Ringo over Magic Alex. <laughs> I would too. Grow old. Along with me. Well, speaking of Ringo, uh, sharp-eared listener Dave Zenner pointed out uh, in our Hey Jude episode that uh, aired a couple episodes ago, I mentioned that it was Paul who played drums on Old Brown Shoe. Uh, that was some information I got off of the Beatles Bible. I should preface that I've been in the midst of a move and all my Beatle books, such as my Lewison book and the anthology book and all my... All my sources are in boxes and I don't have access to them. So I went on Beatles Bible and that's all I did. And I was like, oh, wow. And I'd, I thought I had heard that. I thought I had heard that Ringo is on the set of Magic Christian. And so Paul came in and did the drums and maybe Ringo came in later and did overdubs. But uh, anyway, Internet consensus seems to think that that's Ringo on drums. Well, you know, we're our relationships, you know, I'm, I, I'm the Jew of the duo. I'm the Jew-o and the, the Jew duo. What am I saying? <laughs> what I would say is I, you're the one who always trusts the Bible at face value, whether it's the Beatles Bible, the uh, King's Bible. Is that what it's called? Am I making up Bibles? I think it's the King James. Uh, I think that's what that's called, which I learned Why in the game LeBron of celebrity. Why does LeBron got a Bible and Michael Jordan don't? <laughs> Jesus paying LeBron, I'm paying Dwayne Wade. So, I mean, the word is still out. We should actually get official confirmation. I think according to George Martin, track one was Ringo on drums. You know, they also, they I mean, they rehearsed it and stuff, but on the actual date of the recording, it sounds like Ringo. I'll just say that. It sounds like Ringo. Well, and I, I was the guy who a few weeks ago was screaming that the lead vocal and I will was Ringo. So <laughs> that's where I, I'm sorry. I got that wrong too. Yeah. But. You know, we're not scholars. That's just my ears lied to me. <laughs> We're just two dudes backstage talking Beatles, man. Deal with it, man. Sometimes we get stuff wrong. So that's what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we do. We appreciate that. So thanks, Dave Zenner, for pointing that out um, so that, yeah, we can talk more about it, you know. And as as we know, Peter Jackson is going to make uh, history very malleable. There's going to be like half the country that thinks half the world that thinks uh, Let It Be was when the Beatles broke up. And then the other half think that, no, the Beatles, were, that was the best thing they ever did. They never broke up. They're still playing. You know, the more we we're going to kind of cover some other Beatles news and notes today, Tony. And, you know, I want to jump to that New Yorker article yeah. that we both read just before we started ro rolling tape on <laughs> quarter inch reel to reel for optimum analog quality. Um, yeah, I mean, we gained a lot of info about that Peter Jackson film 
and they're all now saying basically Michael Lindsay Hogg's being thrown under the bus by anybody in the Beatles orbit. Now he's still alive. Yeah. Cue Pearl Jam. <laughs> and you have to believe I am praying that they clean up his original Let It Be and release it for home video or streaming for the first time since the VHS and Laserdisc era. I don't think that's been in print since the early 80s, Let It Be. So you can't throw history away. I mean, the Beatles have tried. There's, you know, we haven't seen Let It Be digitally and there's no Beatles cartoons for home video. So they've tried. But if you're going to clean up the movie and redo it, please don't throw the original away, Apple. But yeah, we learned a lot about this movie and we learned... The interview with Paul was striking. Did you learn some stuff from this New Yorker article that came out? But we're recording this on the 11th of October, by the way. This article broke today online in uh, the New Yorker. Did you? I learned a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I took away from it was that he's going to be the one that might finish John's demo now and then. Now and then, yeah. That the Threedles uh, abandoned because George had referred to it as like uh, utter rubbish or something like that. Yeah, John on an off day or something. He, he he wasn't real complimentary of it. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't want to be sidemen to John's, you know, tapes, home tapes. And I don't see why Ringo can't get in, in on that, too. He's still around and he's still a very good drummer. So, yeah, the New Yorker article is about it centers around the event of watching a 100 minute version of the Peter Jackson thing. And it's like star studded, like Bon Jovi's there and I forget who else, but like I want to say the mayor, (laughs) Bill de Blasio there. Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor was there. Michael Bloomberg, sorry. (laughs) I get them all mixed up, man. Steven Van Zandt was there from the E Street Band slash Sopranos. And he's got a new book out too, by the way, which looks awesome. Oh, that, yeah. I bet he's got some stories, man. Yeah, that, that cat's lived. Yeah, what did you take away from it? Number one was probably, I I couldn't tell if talking about now and then, because Paul's dropped hints of that before in that Jeff Lynn documentary. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. I I only found this online a couple of years ago, but they did a doc on Jeff Lynn some years back. And when Tom Petty was still alive, obviously, because he was in it and they interviewed Paul and Paul was kind of laughing about how they had that third song. And he said, one day I'm going to get around to finishing it. Maybe I'll even get Jeff to help me. But yeah, the big things that I learned in this One of the biggest takeaways was a quote from Sean Lennon that I've just not heard from his mouth before. You know, you obviously Paul wrote, Hey Jude for Julian, right? Paul did an interview with Sean last year. And I just have never really put those two together given that he was born well after the Beatles had broken up, what, five years later. And Sean Lennon said, time has sort of made us all grow to soften our edges and appreciate each other much more. Paul is a hero to me on the same shelf as my dad. My mom loves Paul, too. She really appreciates him. They've had tensions in the past, and no one's trying to deny it. But all the tension we've ever had, hyperbolized or not, makes it a real story about real human beings. That's cool, man. We're well, talking about the movie. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful that there's this kind of love and closure not dissimilar to what Paul and John went through in the years before John died. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe perhaps that's the whole impetus of putting this positive spin on the Let It Be sessions is about is because we know it as the winter of discontent, et cetera. But there are these other elements. It doesn't have to mean that, no, the tensions weren't there because clearly Paul did sue the, the rest of the guys when the whole Alan Klein thing happened. The money was a thing. You know, all that stuff happened. They did break up. 
there's a reason that happened. Yeah. So and sued each other for 15 years. Yeah. So there was bad blood there at times. But like, you know, it's a family. And as I think they point that out in the New Yorker article, a happy family's boring, you know? And so the, the, yeah. the, the stories are that, yeah, occasionally they're going to they're going to fight. There's going to be not actual fisticuffs, but, you know, disagreements. And uh, these well, there were fisticuffs. John Lennon kills Du Sutcliffe. <laughs> Has that been proven? <laughs> well, there was the, he did like really lay into uh, like back in the, the Liverpool days that DJ or something made some. Bob Waller? I think so. Right. Or no, oh, I forget his name, but the, the Cavern Club dude. Yeah. Bob Waller. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I forget what the story is. He made some snide remark. It might've been leaning towards maybe like, oh yeah, he was inferring that him and Brian had something else going on when they went on holiday, when they came back. I nearly killed him. Because I think he said something about, you know, he insinuated me and Brian had had an affair in Spain. You know? So he had, I remember it vaguely, I was out of my mind to drink all, you know, when you get down to the point where you drink all the empty glasses, that's drunk. And John just like laid into him and I mean, it turned into the whole Albert Goldman thing that he was going to like, he practically murdered him. He was going to kill him if he like, like one more punch, I would have killed him, you know. <laughs> That Albert Goldman book, yeah. what a travesty. My mother stopped subscribing to People Magazine at my behest when they did a three-parter on that book. Uh, no, I just lied about the story. I get the story wrong. We stopped subscribing when they interviewed John Lennon's killer. Oh, that guy. That I, yeah. I, I went to my mother as a 14-year-old and said, we, we can't have this laying around the house anymore. Give that guy any, any publicity. A gardener like that one No one can replace there were three other takeaways in here. I'll read very quickly. I'm not going to, I know our listeners want me to read the full nine paragraphs like I just did, but I'll, I'll be a little more succinct here. Paul shitting on the stones in this way. I'd never heard before. <laughs> yeah, that's right, I'm not I sure that. I should say it, but the stones are a blues cover band. That's sort of what they are. I think our net was cast a bit wider than theirs. That's one. <laughs> um, in uh, We learned definitively that in his book, the lyrics, which comes out in about a month or so, which is selected lyrics. Yes. Um, Oh, I hope frozen is in there, Paul. We all want to hear about McCartney too a little bit more. Doing, 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 doing. <laughs> he left out yesterday. Left out yesterday, but put him waterfalls. We know you need love. Like a thing needs a flower. I understand, but the songs are credited to Paul McCartney and John Lennon. So the yes. book will not have Lennon and McCartney. It'll be Paul McCartney and John Lennon. And Mark Lewison was interviewed by the author of the New Yorker piece. Basically, the gist of what Lewison told this author was that the movie exaggerated the downfall, the tapes and audio and video to which Peter Jackson was privy to, which and Lewison supports tells a much happier story about that recording. So maybe our jokes about Peter Jackson disnifying this thing aren't true. Maybe there's a lot more truth to the joy of those sessions that we're about to learn. It's true. I mean, yeah. When you have your instruments in your hand and you're doing the thing that you love doing the most, you're not thinking about the money. You're not thinking about Alan Klein. You're not thinking about all that garbage. You know, it's when you stop playing and you have to, like, <laughs> talk to each other. And yeah, yeah, I get that. I do get that. If anything, I think this upcoming movie piece, Peter Jackson, will basically be like the magic of editing and how you can spin any story you want with editing. You could probably do it make a mix of both and show that it was both fun and also a bummer, you know, at times. Yeah. 
Well, and I think Ringo said that in, in some measure too, that both things can be true. It was, di- mm-hmm. it was a disaster and beautiful. Yeah. Like it's yeah, a society that, we've forgotten yeah. that two things can be true. Uh, another quick thing I wanted to mention here, just a lovely quote from Stephen Van Zandt, who we mentioned before. You know, there's a lot of, you know, the idiots and the jerks online <laughs> will say things like, uh, Paul, maybe I'm amazed he struggles at the high notes. Stop touring. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or that uh, McCartney 3 is no band on the run. Stop making music. <laughs> you know, like that guy in his mom's basement with Cheeto fingers watching fucking Tucker. Um, but Stephen Van Zandt made um, a beautiful quote I wanted to read. The rock generation has changed the concept of chronological time. I personally know seven artists in their 80s still working. The entire British invasion is turning 80 in the next few years. And then he writes, it's the birth of something I call, quote, wisdom art, art that the artist could not have created when they were young. There's a legitimate justification for continuing to create. You perform as much as your latest work as you feel like, which I think is a beautiful way to say artists remain artists. Yes, John Lennon talked about this. The juice of being a rock artist in your teens and your 20s is different than as you grow older. Of course, sadly, John never got to see those older years. But who are we to begrudge any of these people, the Stones, Springsteen, the Who, the Beatles, from still making music? We don't all have to buy it. We don't have to love it. But God bless them for making it. I thought Stephen Van Zandt put that so beautifully. I agree. But Ringo should definitely not have put out that last EP. Yeah, quit, Ringo. (laughs) Where's the deluxe reissue of Sentimental Journey, guy? (laughs) Well, the book, by the way, you mentioned that book. Yeah, it comes out November 2nd. This is Paul's uh, lyrics book. And it's called The Lyrics, 1956 to the Present. Covers 154 songs. It goes for about $100 which makes it about 65 cents per song to read. So there you go. Yeah, not a bad value. (laughs) Uh, Real quick, there was also, uh, yeah, there was also a piece in Vanity Fair that's also really good. And Paul also did this interview with BBC Four, which has been going, whatever you want to call it, slightly viral or something for, for one thing he said regarding who broke up the Beatles. Here's the quote. I didn't instigate the split. That was our Johnny. I am not the person who instigated the split. Oh, no, no, no. John walked into a room one day and said, I'm leaving the Beatles, but I didn't instigate the split. That was our Johnny, he says again, coming in one day and saying, I'm leaving the group. And then at the time of the breakup, he said, Ringo left first, then George, then John. I was the last to leave. It wasn't me. But here's the thing. (laughs) Yeah. Paul was the first one to do it in public. Yeah. Yeah. John didn't. When John walked in that room and said, like, I'm leaving the group, he he actually was not TikToking it. You know, he didn't be like, check it out. I'm going to break the Beatles up. Watch this. You know, vertical. No, he, he was on Friendster. So <laughs> it was just pre-MySpace. So give John some credit. Do you remember early December? We hung out together. I tried to find you on Friendster. But that is the narrative, right? The narrative is that Paul broke up the Beatles, if, unless you want to say Yoko broke up the Beatles, which is also old, tired news. But it is funny. Yeah. Ringo was the first one to walk out during the White Album. George quit the group for three days or whatever during Let It Be, during Twickenham in January of 69. And then, yeah, John walked into a room in, I forget, September or August of 69 and was just basically saying, yeah, I want to I quit. I don't want to do this anymore. You really don't remember the date. I got to put up with this? 
I am, I'm a Beatle fan. God. I know. The sleuths are, oh, the sleuths are, their ears are steaming right now. You must know everything. Nothing you can know that is known. The narrative's never going to change. Paul McCartney has fabricated stories before. One of the most innocuous examples I've mentioned on this show is when he kept claiming at Live 8 that he'd never done Sgt. Pepper before when I saw him do it at Rosemont Horizon. Yeah, there you go. The other thing that's interesting about that quote, Tony, is he called him Johnny in the Rick Rubin doc when Rick Rubin yeah. brought up John Lennon's quote about him as a bass player. He goes, oh, Johnny. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like him calling John Lennon Johnny this frequently is a newish development. I think How so, How often have too. you heard him call him Johnny in the past before? No, not often. Not often at all. I want to say it's the New Yorker article. They talk about how after John died and he became kind of a martyr and Paul kind of had to wear the shit shoes or whatever for a while and just kind of take it. He, you know, he kind of kept quiet about that. I know there was one outburst in 81 for an interview basically saying more truthful things. I'd never read that. That was also revelatory to me. I missed that interview until they kind of recounted it in this New Yorker article. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, seek that uh, New Yorker article out. There's yeah, the Vanity Fair one's nice too. And uh, well, let's talk about Let It Be. Let it be. As of this airing, it's out. We haven't heard it yet. We've only heard the teasers. There's a book that's coming out tomorrow for us, meaning it's already out now. So October 12th, the Get Back book comes out. This is 240 pages. It's like transcriptions from all the recordings. Lots of photos from Ethan Russell and Linda McCartney. Uh, and this is the f- some photos fr- from Leon Russell too of a <laughs> of a bag of whiskey and a joint. Yeah, yeah, and a shed he's building to live in. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure what that has to do with get back, but it's in there. But it's great, you know. And a hot cover of Jumpin' Jack Flash at that Bangladesh concert, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Give him credit agreed, for that. Agreed. I'm looking forward to seeing this book, to perhaps purchasing it. Uh, you know, we only I only have so much money, but uh, <laughs> I'd like to see it. When we wrap the show today, I'm going to give you a thought on only having so much money as a Beatles fan during this pandemic. But what I will say is what I'd advise is take two days off of work, check it out from your library and scan it. <laughs> Make your own PDF. I just just take pictures of my phone with this, <laughs> the bendy. <laughs> bendy words no i got the i got it digitally guys kind of hard to read everyone loves jpegs of bendy <laughs> coffee table books no, I, i'm excited i mean it looks like it's shaped in size like that great anthology book that came out several years after the tv show remember they couldn't get their shit together to get the book out yeah. in time the book came out god i think i want to say in 2000 or 2001 something like that for sure yeah yeah i do have that one yeah me too and it's big it's big so I would like to know how much it differs from the book that's going to come with the Let It Be Special Edition. Obviously, it's going to be bigger. And the the book you get on the Special Edition is only 105 pages. But I wonder how much of that is overlap. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be some of the same pictures. And don't forget, we're going to be getting some kind of home box set of the Get Back movie. There's no way that won't come out on, on a Blu-ray box set type of thing. I I'm hope sure so, man. I hope so. Yeah. 
Well, as we get into the teaser of the 2021 uh, delayed 50th anniversary, Tony, Mm -hmm. it's pretty telling that the only rooftop concert song that's going to be on this box set has been released already. Oh. And that's Don't Let Me Down. Is that right? It's the only rooftop song that's going to be on the 2021 Let It Be mix. I mean, look, with the exception of Help, I don't think any album needs to be remixed more than let it be i cannot wait to hear the full remixed album i know help was remixed for cd in 1987 it still didn't do enough the mix is still kind of muddy to me i feel like helps their muddiest record i wonder what can be done with it but i cannot wait for this release but i'm frustrated that it comes with a bonus ep uh, which has four songs on it Right. There's so much unreleased. All this, all the you know the 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 bootlegs with the Nagra tape stuff. The best they can do is four records and a bonus EP that doesn't even have you know my name. Look up the number, which I had a discussion on the Beatle fan Facebook page a few months ago when it was announced. Where it was like, yeah, well, you know, it's not from the session. Yeah, but it's the B side to one of the biggest uh, Beatles singles ever. You associate you know my name. Look up the number with the Let It Be. You don't think Past Masters when you hear that song. You think of the Let It Be B side. At least I do. So for that to be left off a compilation that comes with an EP. Without that, yeah, it's maddening. It's maddening. You know If the White Album is going to have the take two or whatever of Across the Universe, which that's when that that's from that era. But the song itself is finished on Let It Be. Yeah. I, yeah. They should have, you know, my name, look up the number there. It's not going to cost them anything more. Tony, <laughs> the Abbey Road box, the gorgeous box from 2019 had an early take of Ballad of John and Yoko. Right. But not the official studio release is not on there. There's no 20, hmm. 2019 remix of that on there. It's very strange. Maybe they'll do a Hey Jude or something. Maybe they'll do a... <laughs> That's the next step is deluxe archive editions of the American albums. You know I'll buy those. I love, I love those the most. When you bring up, we'll review this when we get the box sets, uh, the, the Let It Be sets, once we actually, those arrive for us. They've not been released as of this taping, as you mentioned. But I'm bummed that the vinyl we're getting doesn't have the red apple on it, which I think only the American... Oh. Let it be had. I think in the UK it was the uh, British Green Apple, but in America, because the album, while on Apple, was still distributed by United Artists Records, they had the Red Apple to signify that. And I'm bummed that won't be on on this one. But I'm also crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one, that one doesn't bug there's me. That. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> which one are you going to get? There's, so there's the five CD one with the Blu-ray. And then there's the 180 gram vinyl, the four LPs plus the uh, the 12 inch EP. Both of those come with the book. Well, first it's pronounced "ep." <laughs> Got it. And <laughs> noted. And, and uh, second, I'm go. I've already pre-ordered the vinyl. 
I kind of learned my my lesson with the All Things Must Pass box set, which I initially got the CDs of because I thought it was, I'm never going to, when am I going to listen to eight records after the first time? The hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> and then I saw you bought it. And it, look, we, we were texting before you recorded the episode. Yeah. And like I mentioned <laughs> on that episode, the book in the CD box set is lovely if you're like Stanford, <laughs> if you're like a top 10 college putting out like a promotional book. Like, but in the, the album, Tony, it's a 12 by 12 album size book. So that's why I don't know if the Let It Be CD set is going to be smaller, like All Things Must Pass, but I erred on the side of getting the vinyl, especially because as we talked about in our first episode, it is one of my three favorite Beatles albums. Totally. I just love this record. I know you do too. Yeah, I'm going to get the vinyl as well. Uh, I'm going to try and find it uh, in the record stores, I think. That'll be my project for Friday. I'm with you. I love supporting local stores too, so I pre-ordered from Walmart. <laughs> I'm going to Walmart. <laughs> you know, I bought Nevermind at Farmore on cassette when it <laughs> came out. <laughs> if you remember Farmore, P-H-A-R-M-O-R. Where was that? Well, the suburbs. It was, you know what? It was right next to, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Same strip mall block as... Um, Rose Records. Rose Records. Oh, you helped put them out of business. Nice going. It was cheaper at Farmore. I, was, I had an allowance. Or no, no. I was uh, working at a cookie shop at that time. Power by saves. Save at Grand opening celebration at the Farmore, not far from you. Well, should we talk about, let's talk about the, the mixes that are out there that we can actually hear and review for, for a moment. We won't do the deep dive because we'll save that for the deep dive, but why don't I just run through them? The ones yeah, that make are it quick, I, time, 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 time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, Let It Be, the album version, 2021 mix. As you mentioned, the Don't Let Me Down from the first rooftop performance. Only rooftop you get, I just learned. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the For You Blue 1969 Glenn Johns mix. Oh, can I rephrase? Only Rooftop, obviously, beyond the songs on the actual album. Right. Right. That I think that was inferred. Yeah, they're not going to remove yeah. songs from the, that would be <laughs> why, why is Get Back not on here? <laughs> that would be fucked up. Uh, get Back Take 8, speaking of Get Back. One After, one, one after 909 Take 3. I Me Mine, 1970 Glenn Johns mix, and then Across the Universe, 2021 mix, and Long and Winding Road, 2021 mix. Those are the ones we've been able to hear at this taping. All right, Mary Fuck Kill, Tony, go. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> I would marry, let's do this. I would I would marry the, for you, no, no, where'd it go? I Me Mine, I would marry I Me Mine. Okay. I would uh I would fuck don't let me down. <laughs> don't let me down. Don't let me down. And I would kill long and winding road. <laughs> oh, oh all right. Oh, okay. Long and winding road. Let 
I would uh, <laughs> wait. Is 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 fuck the good one? Well, you know, it's fuck it. It's like you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and now, Tony on fuck it. <laughs> All you kids listen to get a dose of Tony loving. <laughs> Take it, Tony. Take it, Tony. It's all about the feel, whatever. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, and then marriage is the thing. It's the long term. It's the it's, it's got to it's got to last you a while or whatever. <laughs> well, all right, I'm gonna. <laughs> it does it though. I'm gonna do my version of Mary Fuck Kill. Um, fall in love with one after nine oh nine. Take three. Show that love with physical affection <laughs> across the universe. Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. They slither wildly as they slip away across the universe. Have a strong disagreement that could lead to violence with. <laughs> I mean mine. And the reason is, I think the remastering, remixing of the Glenn John stuff has me in a panic. It sounds terrible. Oh. My bootlegs on Vigitone sound a little bassier and flatter, but not that much different. I am hopeful they're not giving us the Glenn John's thing as like a an arm's length gift to fans while also diminishing its importance by re remastering it badly. Almost like they did with this, the Sergeant Pepper, the promo 45 copy oh, of Penny, Penny Lane. Lane with the trumpet ending. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it was recorded on a boombox. <laughs> I'm like, what do you what's going on at Capitol? Like, yeah. Yeah. Were, 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 were there rollbacks in LA when they were remastering that day? They I just power like, off? I feel like I heard bootlegs that were a better quality of that. My right? God. Penny Lane is in my ears and in my eyes. Listen again to some of that bonus, the Glenn Johns material, which I've got, you know, the bootleg of that record that's not bad from the early 2000s at the Unvigitone, like I mentioned. This doesn't sound that much better. I'm like, hey, man, if I'm spending, what, 150, 160 bucks for this vinyl set, give me something that sounds great. But uh, we can get into the individual songs when we do our deep dive on this. The one thing I'll say is I'm impressed, much like All Things Must Pass, the reissue, I'm impressed with the specterization on what I've heard because it feels appropriately mixed, not diminished, not erased, not overblown. It's not despectorized. It feels more purposeful like the All Things Must Pass production did in the 50th. Okay, well, we're going to have to pick that one up when we go through. I, I, Teaser! Because <laughs> I don't know if we see eye to eye on that one, per se. But I haven't heard it all, nor have you. So, yeah, let's give the record a spin and we will we will pick that up when... Uh, well, I think actually next week we are doing Bad Boy by Ringo, right? <laughs> Before we wrap, Tony, yes. there's one of the Beatles news story. 
Tony, are you going back to college to get your degree in Beetledom? <laughs> I am, yes. Because of all these fact checks that we have to keep doing, I have enrolled myself at Liver the University of Liverpool, and I am mastering in the Beatles. Thank you. Thank you. You're mastering in the Beatles. Are you, <laughs> I believe it's called past mastering in the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing about that Beatles degree that you can get to go to, to get a master's Beatles degree in Liverpool. You have to sing the entirety of Liverpool oratorio <laughs> for your audition. <laughs> Being born where you were born carries with it certain responsibilities. That's all I remember from that. Being born where you were born. Responsibilities. Something about a slagging cough. <laughs> but I can say that looking back, the most important thing I found was sagging off. I listened to it when it came out. I did. I got the vinyl in Liverpool Auditorio. When, if, when I retire, I'm going to die. And my son's going to be like, why does my dad have this pristine LP it's just of a classical Paul McCartney piece that nobody listened to? <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, after I get my master's degree in the Beatles, TJ, this show will be more serious. Gone will be the bits. Gone will be the laughter. You just have to play Beatles songs. No more tangents. No more Steely Dan. This is going to become a very solemn Beatles podcast. So I shouldn't do my bit about how after Ringo did the Happy Days theme, he should his next EP should be 25 TV themes. <laughs> but only Ringo-wise. Peace and love, peace, 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 love, peace, peace, and peace and love. Get it in now before I get my degree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But last thing I wanted to say, because I teased this earlier, the pandemic has been really, really hard. It's been hard for you. It's been hard for me. We've all had major life changes. All of our listeners, I'm sure, have had a hard time. But since the pandemic began, cue the steely Dan, Tony, will end as we begin. Because in improv, there's no ending without a beginning. Don't build a castle, build a cathedral. I don't know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> Bring a brick for Casey. So uh, here's what's come out during the pandemic. Cue the Dan. The Flaming Pie box set. The All Things Must Pass box set. The Plastic Ono Band box set. The Let It Be box and the Get Back movie are coming. We've had two Paul McCartney records. Granted, one was a covers, but one's the McCartney 3 album. Two Ringo EPs. A Lennon Remix Greatest Hits. A Ringo 80th Virtual Celebration Concert. Uh, the Beatles channel on YouTube did a watch along a yellow submarine. The Get Back book. Tony, the last year and a half, I mean, look, I don't starve. I do okay. But who can afford all this? That's my thing on all this. Like, who can afford all of this? If you can, God bless you. Yeah. But like, I've got to make some choices. I mean, I don't know that I can buy the Let It Be box set, the Get Back book and the McCartney book while still buying my son fucking Hanukkah and Christmas presents. You got to make some choices. How do you approach the excess of Beatles? And I'm a little crazier because I've been collecting for so long. It's been my hobby for so long that I, my heart pounds a bit when there's new releases. But <laughs> I, I, how do you as a more responsible individual not wow. uh, uh, withhold and refrain? What do you do? <laughs> well, in the old days, I used to sell back a bunch of like records to Reckless, stuff that I didn't listen to before. Some of which were, I think I did sell back all my like 88 era Beatles capital stuff 
to get the box set, the mono box set, you know, things like that. Right. Um, I tried not to sell Beatles stuff back. I, there's no more to sell back. I may have sold back even like one bootleg too that I hardly ever listened to. Anyway, yeah, I would sell records back at Reckless and that's it. Or I just wouldn't get it. You know, I just couldn't, I just didn't have it, you know? <laughs> Well, and my thing is, I don't believe in stealing, but if you steal from a big box store, you're doing okay. All right, Tony. <laughs> I mean, that's what put Farmore out of business, TJ, so. Now get 50% off everything at Farmore's going out of business total liquidation sale. These are the final days. Everything's 50% off. All prices are below wholesale. Hurry in before Farmore's doors close forever. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 